0: Good morning, everyone. I'm R. W. Estella with A Word in Edgewise. Today is the 15th of May, the 135th day of 2023, with 230 days ahead of us on our way to 2024. In his poem titled May 15th, Charles W. Pratt confesses, The time has come to revise line by line by line the rough draft of my field till down the green grass lies obedient to design and the lovely scruffy tufts of flowers they too must yield Of course, when we mention flowers, we think about bees. And when we think about bees, we think about severe declines in their populations in the past several years and what we might do to effect a change to improve the general environment for bees. Five years ago, the U.S. Department of Agriculture posted on its website an article by Susanna Lehrman. Want to help bees? Take a break from lawn mowing. All you have to do is be a little lazy, she advised, adding the caveat and, depending on your neighborhood, immune to social pressure. Since then, gradually gaining followers is the No-Mow movement, replete with signage such as Pollinator Habitat, and this yard is participating in No-Mow Month to support Pollinator Habitat. No Mo Month, for those of you not acquainted, is May, that time of year when the grass and the dandelions stage their initial riots upon the landscape. Purple vetch and other wild plants also join in and in many instances are quickly assailed by our propensity to create habitat loss. Armed with an arsenal of arguments justifying our assaults upon the verdant realm, we assuage ourselves that we are keeping the tick population down by reducing their habitat, along with that of chiggers and mosquitoes, et al. And voila, an abundance of activity ensues, with mowers and weed whackers and other sundry and diverse mechanical devices disturbing the peace and altering the natural environment." Lest anyone believe I am immune from the fundamental human inclination to control my environment, especially this past week when everything became verdantly lush after the week before bringing so much moisture, I too felt compelled to make the trip to the hangar, retrieve my mower, and bring it back to our site by the river for spring, summer, and fall grass cutting. But so far, I am resisting because it feels like the right thing to do. After all, only two more weeks of May are on the calendar. I look at all the bright yellow dandelions amid the ever-heightening fresh green blades of grass and imagine it all nicely cut, like the neighbors have done to theirs. But then I think about the bees. Heavenward this morning and tomorrow morning, hanging low in the eastern sky just before dawn, are our waning crescent moon gaining on Jupiter, which our moon will occult on Wednesday morning, May 17th. Many moons ago, politics and philosophy, those two mainstays of human activity, bring us an anniversary today of the 1222 A.D. meeting of the Mongolian Genghis Khan with the Taoist Dragon Gate leader Chang Chon at his camp in Parwan of what is now Afghanistan. Somewhat further west in London, England, today in 1536, second wife of Henry VIII and mother of Queen Elizabeth I, Anne Boleyn, was executed, being found guilty of adultery and incest with her brother George, Lord Rockford. Today in 1618, German astronomer Johannes Kepler imagined the third of his three planetary laws, the harmonics Law. Today in 1829, founder of the Mormon faith, Joseph Smith, stated that he had been ordained by John the Baptist. Today in 1841, the first emigrant wagon train that would make it all the way to California via the Sierra Nevada departed on its 1,730-mile journey from Independence, Missouri. And today, in 1869, the National Woman Suffrage Association was founded by Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton in New York. Meanwhile, Maine's whitewater racing season continues this weekend with the two penultimate races, the Union River Race and the Madawaska River Run, being held in Ellsworth and Stockholm, respectively. The following weekend will have the concluding event of the series, the Millinocket Extreme Canoe Race. And on other fronts, some of you may have noticed a word in Edgewise has steadily been reducing its coverage of the COVID-19 pandemic, more or less in sync with the change in such major facets as the U.S. National Public Health Emergency, which took effect three years ago and expired this past week on May 11th. Similarly, by by merging fatal drug overdoses, shootings, motor vehicle accidents, and all other types of accidents into an umbrella category of fatal injuries, the World Health Organization announced that COVID has dropped to the fourth leading cause of death in the U.S. this past year. At the moment, that translates to 1,109 deaths in the U.S. this past week from COVID, or approximately one death every nine minutes. We're all weary of this epidemic, now called endemic rather than pandemic to raise our hopes. Good luck to everyone coping with future variants. Today, my girlfriend and I are scheduled for our second bivalent boosters. Today, in 1856, in Chintanango, New York, L. Frank Baum was born. Like many folks eventually finding significant fame, Frank spent the first half of his life struggling to find a niche for himself, working as a journalist in South Dakota, then moving his family to Chicago, where he had little success until he compiled a children's book titled Father Goose in 1899. His next book, however, published in 1900, would make him famous that being The Wizard of Oz. Nonetheless, despite writing 13 additional books in the Oz series and dozens of other children's books, Frank Baum made bad investments that subsequently strained his finances. Biographer Ed Morrow tells us L. Frank Baum in his later years lived in Los Angeles, where his attempts to build the world's first theme park failed, though he was comforted by the fact that Oz and its inhabitants had entertained generations of children around the world. The name for his fictional kingdom came to him from his office file cabinet, which had a label that read O to Z. Today is also the birthday in 1565 of Amsterdam's Zweiterkirch architect Henrique de Kaiser. In 1567, of Italian opera pioneer Claudio Monteverdi. In 1869, of English poet and advocate of smallpox inoculation Mary Wortley Montague. In 1859, of French noble physicist and husband of Marie, Pierre Curie. In 1890, of American writer Catherine Ann Porter. In 1902, of American politician and Chicago mayor Richard J. Daly. In 1905, of American actor Joseph Cotton. In 1926, of English playwright Peter Schaefer. In 1937, of American diplomat and first U.S. Secretary of State, Madeleine Albright. In 1953, of American baseball third baseman George Brett and British musician Mike Oldfield. From Arno, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the ninth official week of spring and to the 20th week of the new year.